Welcome to Care in the Load. I am so excited to have Brandy Cash with us today to, to discuss healing and hope and, and learning from her experiences of the tragic death of her father. Um, she is a, a hope dealer in my book. She is intuitive. She is an amazing woman. And if you want to be uplifted and have better understanding about the healing and grieving process and how you can enhance your process of healing and grieving with energy, then tune in now. Um, Brandy is an incredible lady. And I just, I just love you. I met Brandy a few months ago. Um, she was introduced to me by a friend to, um, to, to get some, some energy work done. And it has been an amazing thing for me. So, so welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be on this podcast, Annette. So Brandy, will you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I got into energy work, um, via needing more answers from a health issue that I had in 2012. And the health answers came from looking within myself that came from understanding a mind, body and spirit connection, and recognizing that healing could take place and needs to take place on all of those levels. And so for me, that was my entryway into natural medicine into understanding that my spirit, my mind, and my body were all equally important, and that I could listen and understand from each one of them um, what, what was the right direction for me. So that's how I got into all of this work, and it's just kind of blossomed since then. <laughs> that's amazing, and it's so true. I, I have found in my life that um, we're all connected. And I think oftentimes that's the missing piece with that we just look at the physical or we just look at the emotional and we don't realize how connected, how connected we are. Right. Uh, so that was 2012? Yeah, about 2011, 2012. Wow, you were a young girl. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that. Um, Brandy has this contagious smile and, and laugh. And we, we laugh a lot when we're together, but I would say you're an old soul <laughs> and, and very wise, wise beyond your years. Um, and uh, tell us some of the things that you've overcome. Just so, you know, our listeners can get to know you a little bit. Absolutely. So referencing the health issue, when I was um, serving as a missionary for the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I had, a lot of digestive problems that developed over my time as a missionary. Um, and I recognized during that time that it was more because of my mental and emotional stress of being a missionary than it was anything physical. And I had to, at that point, learn to do things differently mentally. And that was the biggest shift I think I experienced. The mission um, experience for me really uh, pulled out all of my unhealthy thoughts, feelings, beliefs. It pulled everything out and just exposed me. <laughs> I just felt <laughs> so exposed. I tell people that if they're going on a mission, that if they don't have a mental issue, they will develop one. If they have one, it will get worse <laughs> as a missionary. <laughs> but it's not a bad thing. I'm, I'm so, so grateful because I am... I because it got so big and intense, I had to face it and I had to 
find ways to fully heal it rather than live with it maybe mildly my whole life. It's like getting really, really sick and healing rather than being kind of sick <laughs> for a long time. Right. <laughs> it's that, uh, that pain, mm-hmm. that illness that makes us, yes. you know, yes. look because it's hard to look. It, it yes. hurts. It's painful and it's not easy work is what I, what I have found. And so um, that's <laughs> an eye opener. And the thought that keeps coming to me, you know, that happened to you when you were on a mission, but we also have um, an opportunity now that we are all going through the whole, the whole world is going through this strange crisis healing opportunity yeah. where um, we need to look and, and things are very different than they were a month ago yes. or even yesterday. Yes. And, and so it's a great opportunity to, to look and to see, because I think we're being forced to look and to see and to heal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in a way. And we could bury our heads in the sand or we can maybe look and try to try to heal. So um, just a little bit about Brandy. She is a hope and healing expert in my book. Um, she, how, when did you realize you had a gift of, of being a healer? Um, that's a, a great question because in my journey, I always loved this kind of work. It was something that I was always drawn to, but I never, ever thought I could do it. There was not a moment when I was first learning it all that I thought that this could be something that I would do, especially as a profession or to teach on it. I just knew that I had a passion for it. And so as I continued to pursue that passion, I started to learn more and more. And I recognized that that everyone can do this. Everyone has the potential of learning how to help themselves heal and listening to the divine within them or listening to um, their own internal guidance is just something that we've often forgotten. And so for me, it was recognizing that I'm no different than anyone else. Everyone is, we all have gifts and talents, but we can find and listen to what, you know, lights us up, what helps us feel passionate and we'll find the things we're meant to do. So it was kind of a process of really gaining confidence and and still confidence is something that I pray for regularly <laughs> to feel like I can, you know, do do this work even though I'm I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is I haven't thought about that we all have that gift and it's within. And so I, I, I'm looking at it as anything else that we want to learn. And it takes practice. Yeah. And it, it takes a mentor. It takes time. Right. And so some of us um may have you know, those gifts never left and we were born with them and they just Mm -hmm. blossom and some of us have to find them. Mm -hmm. They might be buried a little bit. Is that what you're kind of sharing? Yeah. And I I noticed that some of my things did gear me up perfectly for this kind of career. I was always a very sensitive kid. I always um, took on emotion very much. I was, I was shy in class. I didn't feel like I had a lot to say or contribute, but it was often because I was so emotionally bombarded that I was so empathic that I was feeling everyone's things. My my true nature is to be very um, open, outgoing, uplifting, happy. But when I was feeling so much from other people, I tended to be a little bit more burdened, a little bit more quiet, a little bit more um, 
shy and it wasn't who I was, but it was because I had these empathic feelings that I didn't know how to handle at that time. So looking back, I could see that, that that was gearing me up for some of these gifts that maybe are a little bit more tuned in me than others. And that's okay. I can't imagine um, those feelings of feeling everyone being empathic and feeling everyone's emotions. I, I too have that, but at that age, I don't know that I, I probably did. I just still didn't recognize that's what it was, but But even today, it's difficult. There's times that it's like, oh, I walked into the grocery store. (laughs) (laughs) I have to go run or something after. (laughs) I I, I did. It's like, oh, what is this? This isn't me. (laughs) But um, anyway, it's real. And I don't think everybody understands that this is, we're not weird. I guess some people think we're weird. (laughs) 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 But we're not. We're not. So... Okay, I love this. I love that um, people have gotten to know you a little bit here, but and I didn't know that about you as a child, and <laughs> I would never have um, imagined. But it makes complete <laughs> sense. So, you know, I kind of briefly mentioned that um, you've learned a lot. You know, you're familiar with pain. You're fil- familiar with heartache. Um, <laughs> And you're familiar with healing personally on that personal level. Will you tell our listeners what happened uh, in your family this past year? Yeah, absolutely. So May 2019, um, my dad has always been a big dreamer. And he um, his one of his big dreams was to climb the seven summits. And so he started that journey in 2015 and started climbing all of the highest peak in every continent. And so he went to Aconcongua in Argentina. He did um, Denali. He's done all of the seven summits. And this last May, it was um, his, his conquest was Everest. And so he prepared, he did everything he could. We saw him outside in the backyard practicing on ladders that he put on chairs to practice stepping on the ladders with his big ice pick shoes. And (laughs) and he was pretty diligent in preparing for that. Um, Again, when he has a dream, he, he goes big, he has big dreams. And so this was his big dream. And we, he went to Everest and he summited and he passed away on the summit. Um, I'm so sorry. The well, the report that we had was that he collapsed on the summit and that he was revived and then um, carried down to what's called Hillary Step, and at that point was no longer able to be resuscitated and it, his body is still there. So, a very interesting experience for our family, as you can imagine. Um, potentially quite traumatic. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But also um, something that we found a lot of peace in. And and I think that's what we wanted to talk about today was how to to make that into that. It's amazing to me, um, you know, the thoughts when you say potentially (laughs) traumatic. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, and and I, and I don't know about our, our listeners. um, You know, I lost, a son. It's been nine years. It was nine years wow. ago, 
um, wow. just two days ago. And it's fresh. It is fresh. You know, yours is really fresh. And I don't know that that really goes away, but the peace, at least in my life, um, that has come, yeah. it, 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 it softens, it changes us. At least for me, I believe I'm, I'm more sensitive. I'm more in tune to, to those, those feelings. And so um, it's, it's a gift really, if we want to look at it in a different way. So, so here, you know, your dad leaves, he's going to accomplish, you know, this is the last step uh-huh. if you will, of his big dream. Did, when you left, were you worried? Or did you just think, oh, this is going to be another one? He's, he'll be back in a month or however long. I don't know how long. Sure, this yeah. Could be yeah, we had a, a, a beautiful family celebration for him before he left. And just all of us gathered together and we had, you know, food and we had everyone there. And we um, we did a blessing, a, a priesthood blessing. My brother gave him a blessing that um, said that it was a righteous desire that he was doing this and that he would summit and he blessed him to summit. And it was just a really beautiful experience for our whole family to feel so united in a dream that was so epic and a dream that was so exciting for him. He was thrilled. And the thing that we felt so peaceful and comforted and so joyous about was that he was more alive doing this and and reaching these goals and having this dream than we'd seen him doing other things in the corporate world or in his work where he kind of felt like he wasn't as fully himself. But with this, this was him. This was him knowing that he could do great things and some of the biggest things. And so for, for us, we were just excited. We were so excited for him and felt that excitement in ourselves of this is epic. Wow. And for him to have a supportive family. Right. You know, I don't think anybody could do this without support. One of the uh, most beautiful parts. Thank you for mentioning that. The last message he sent to my mom was, thank you for supporting me in my dreams. The very last message. And that gave her so much comfort after all this was over because there were people who questioned, right? There was a lot of people who were like, well, you know, is this okay? What, why would he go and do this and put your family through this? When And my mom stood by that. She stood by that knowing that this was his dream and that he was happier doing it than he was not living fully in that way and that he, she supported him. You know, that teaches us a lot about love and, and support and not being selfish. You know, we have different dreams Yeah, and, and And having faith, right. The faith that, you know, this is what he wants to do. And we trust that he will do his best, that he will, it will happen the way it's supposed to happen. Right. So that faith, you know, that brings up a whole nother topic here. What has this done to your faith or taught you or have you questioned your faith? I mean, tell (laughs) us all about faith right now. So I was really blessed um, kind of going back to my healing work previously to this experience with my family um, where I was being drawn closer to God. I was being drawn closer to the spiritual side of of really listening to when I was with clients, I could, I could maybe kind of hear 
um, people that were on the other side that wanted to still communicate. I could, I could kind of hear that here and there. And that was a very, very great comfort to me as I approached the death of my father, because I had some of this reservoir of understanding this understanding of faith of the the knowledge of um, the plan of salvation and that we all are returning to a spiritual state and that we all, that there's not a losing of someone when you understand that bigger picture. And so I could see how I was being prepared for that. So when this happened, um, morning of, uh, my mom called me because he summited for our time in the evening. We went, we all went to bed when he was kind of close to summiting. And then we, we woke up and it was interesting because all of us, all the siblings, I'm the second of four, um, we all slept great. And I woke up and, and felt prompted to call my mom and just talk with her. And she said, you know, you know, they told us that he's not back to camp four, which is the highest camp. He's not back to camp four. And I'm worried. And I remember saying to my mom, mom, if something wrong had happened, we would feel it. I just know that we would feel it. And I had slept so peacefully and still felt so peaceful that when the next call came that said that he had passed away, that I still had a remembrance of what I had just told my mother of mom, there's nothing wrong. We would know if there was nothing wrong, if there was something wrong. And I had that strong witness at that point, even with that shock and that terror and that grief that hits you even then in, in that initial denial and and shock state, I still had that remembrance of nothing has gone wrong here. This was not a mistake. This was not an accident. This is exactly how it's supposed to be. And that thought helped and carried me through all of the stages of grief, the initial shock, the initial um, really is trauma of, of that loss. But for me, I had that peace and that comfort that this was, there was some sort of divine plan. There was a will of God in this and that I had faith and trust in that and I could help with that. So a couple of points with what you're talking about. I, I love how that carried you through that knowledge of nothing is wrong. Um, it didn't mean you didn't grieve. It didn't mean you didn't go through all those steps of grieving because we do, but it carried you through. And I remember when, when my son, when Reed was, was uh, so sick and, and, you know, suffering with his brain tumor and, and the years of that and how, how, um, how difficult that was, but I knew everything would be okay. And I always knew it would be okay. But I also knew that okay didn't mean that he was going to live, you know, longer than I did. And um, there's a difference. There is a difference in in having peace, in, in understanding that um, life goes on. I, I believe, too, that, you know, through the – a loving God that, you know, we, we continue on and this isn't the end. I don't know how I ever would have survived if I thought this was the end. And so the fact that you have had those experiences with, with in your work and, and helping and, and working with your clients that you felt and you've heard those, those 
you know, others that had gone on before, before this experience with your dad. Mm-hmm. But, but the things we have learned, I mean, it, it helps us to a degree that we can find joy. We can find meaning. There was an interesting podcast I listened to uh, last night, Brene Brown, and then it was David Kessler. Mm. And it's all talking about that there's another step to grieving and that it's finding meaning. Mm. And I think that's what you have found. And what I'm, I've found to a degree is, is finding that meaning in that journey. Wow. I love that. I love that. So here you found this meaning with, you know, to a degree and and your dad, your mom gets the call about your dad. Mm -hmm. How, how did your family handle it? I mean, I know where you're at. (laughs) How it was, did you all grieve differently? Absolutely. Absolutely. My mom, I think, is still in shock. It's been almost a year, and there's still, I think, a lot of things that she's, she, it's still shocking for her. Her first, um, her first instinct, as as interesting as it is, was to make the bed. <laughs> <laughs> so she hears this news and is shocked and um, just starts making the bed, and then and then she her prompting what she was able to feel was that she needs to serve others, that if she's going to make it through this, that she needs to help other people. And so she did that. She comforted people at my dad's celebration of life. She, she spoke at his celebration of life, which she was something she did not want to do and didn't no one, of course, no one would expect her to do that. If she didn't want to, but she was willing to do that and comforted and, and cared for and reached out to people. And she's continued to do that because that's how she has found um, help and healing. And she does, um, she's a mental health specialist. So she, she continues her work without people even knowing that her husband passed away. And she's, she's dove into that. But isn't that a a different journey in it too? (laughs) We've had one of our dear siblings that has had to do it totally differently and had to hit that rock bottom of of this is this is pain on so many levels and I don't know if I believe in a god and I don't know how this makes sense and so we've had this a lot of different shifts of everyone handling it differently but also handling it together in the same way in in the same you know still being connected by that experience right it's so interesting cuz we all grieve differently there Absolutely. is no there is no specific roadmap that this is going to happen, then this is going to happen, and then this is going to happen. We know certain things will happen, but right. we don't know when or specifically how um, you know those things are going to happen. But we know they'll happen. And um, you know, my husband Mark and I we grieved very differently, completely mm. differently. Mm. And where I thought he was in denial. And I was thinking, oh, come on, you know, snap out, whatever. I was judging him, which I should never have judged. I was judging how he was grieving. Mm. And that was the wrong thing to do. But I didn't understand grieving like I do now. Yeah. And that was the right way for him to grieve. And just like your mom's way to grieve was to serve. And your brother's mm-hmm. way has been very different and that he's questioned. And he's mm-hmm. had to hit that rock bottom. Mm-hmm. I know for me, it was months. It was probably 
I don't know, six or seven months after when I started to hit rock bottom. Wow. And so it's, it just comes at different phases and different timing and, and we can't, you know, you can't say it's right or wrong. It just right. is. Right. Right. And so that's something that, that I love, but I, I totally understand your mom in serving because that's really where I found my peace. And mm. in our celebration of life, we all spoke. Um, I sing, actually. I, I sing with my sisters. Well, I used to sing with my sisters all the time. And and um, my other son sang, and my two daughters spoke, and my husband spoke and at this celebration of life. And we were the ones comforting mm-hmm. everyone else. Yeah. And and it was an opportunity to to love. Mm-hmm. And to be filled with that light, and so it was. It was beautiful. So, Brandy, what else? You have learned so much. Where's what? Where's what has this taken you in your steps of in your therapy? And you you mentioned which you just touched on this about those on the other side and those. Mm-hmm. How has that? Mm-hmm. How has that helped you? Absolutely, that's been. Um, for me, one of the most beautiful parts of this experience, because I think um, we can go through anything and it can be for us, right? It can work for our good, for our overall good. And this for me was one of those where um, something that could be perceived as a tragedy um, feels very much like a gift, like you mentioned, in a sense. Um not that I would want anyone to go through or experience loss, but we all do. There's a unifying experience when when you go through something like the death of a loved one. People who I didn't have many connections to reached out to me. People that I hadn't heard from in forever reached out to me because there's a unifying and a beautiful um, oneness that happens when you experience loss and loss of a loved one, where you understand on some degree, again, everyone's grief journey is different, but you understand the loss and you understand the depth of pain that comes with losing from someone from this life. And there is nothing really to comfort in that way. That grief journey still has to happen where you really grieve that. I remember on my dad's birthday, was the first time I rec- it was in October. So he passed in May and that was in October. And it was one of the hardest days I'd had. And it was previously, I'd been able to have some of the silver lining to it had felt comforted and felt um, like I could still connect with him. But on that day, it was a grieving of the life that I wanted to have with him in the future. And it was a grieving of him growing old and him, um, seeing me through different transitions in this life and that there was still that, that I had to grieve. I had to get that out. And I'm sure there will still be more experiences as I move forward in my life and get married and have kids and do all of those things. I know that that will still be part of my journey, but it also, as we kind of grieve some of that mortality side, we are more tuned into the immortality side as well. What I love to imagine that as is kind of being hollowed out. Our grief kind of hollows us out. It, it, it moves us deeper into an experience. And as it kind of hollows us out, it's creating space for more joy as well. Our pain and our joy can be equal. And so when we love big and when we 
um, feel that intense of grief, we also get to have a replacement of the joy of when I see him again. Or for me, I can still have a relationship with my dad that didn't end on this life, in this life. In fact, I can feel him in a different way, on a different level than I ever have before because I'm communicating with his spirit because I can feel his his energy and his personality and his um his being still with me but in a different form and that allows me to feel more connected to the eternity more connected to uh the spiritual world more connected to my intuitive gifts with that and opens up almost like the other side of the veil because I ask because we want it so much, right? The, the loss creates this desire to have anything that we can. And that creates a closeness with the other side that maybe wouldn't be there without it. I agree. And so, so many of those things that you just shared, um, I, for a long time, I just, it was too painful to feel in my life but when I blocked that pain I also blocked the joy I blocked the love there was no way to block just part right and and so when I allowed myself to feel it was hard because then I had to I I was so you know oh wow I feel this love but I also feel this Mm -hmm. and I had to learn again Mm-hmm. to uh, to allow myself to feel but i you know really um can attest that it's it's worth it yeah it is so worth all of those feelings to be able to feel what you're describing i remember the first time i was in your clinic and um brandy does some reflexology as well and so she's working on my feet which uh you know I, the kind. Sometimes it hurts. <laughs> she's Physically. really gentle. She's you know, for hurting you, she does a good job hurting. But it's just this: it, when she, you know, it's going to heal and help your body to feel, you know, function better and heal in a natural way. And I remember, um, all of a sudden, I felt this presence walk in, this energy. Mm. And you didn't say anything and your your expression didn't even change, but I still remember asking you, who is that? And, and you said, probably my dad, you know, Oh, it's my dad. And, you know, he comes with me. It was just like this, you know, <laughs> no big deal. It's my dad. <laughs> Dad's join here. Great. Yeah. Dad's glad he could join us. <laughs> and then we both said, and so's Reed we knew they came in together and they were, they were assisting us in the work and it was, it was beautiful. And, and um, so those are some of the things that, you know, it it really is a gift. And, you know, we've, we've talking specifically about loss here of, you know, death and things, but there's so many things that we have to grieve for. I think right now, many of us are going through a grieving process of what's just happening for what we knew or what we, you know, we don't know what's ahead and Mm -hmm. it's still a grieving process. Mm -hmm. And 
I love how you recognize the fact that you're, you've grieved for certain things and milestones in your life where your dad won't be there, you know, physically, he will be there. I promise you he'll be there, but physically he might not. Right. Um, right. And so it's, it's super interesting. I remember um, when my son got married and his grandpa that he was named after had passed away several years before that. And after at the wedding dinner, um, his grandma said, Oh, I wish, you know, grandpa could have been here. And my son said, you know, kneeling at his grandma's side. And I was, you know, standing there kind of listening. And he said, well, he was, you know, Mm. didn't you see him? He was sitting right next to you. Mm. And it was just this matter of fact, you didn't see, you know, like he just thought we all saw. And so he had that gift that um, we feel you, I don't, you know, I haven't seen anyone. I haven't seen my son, but I've sure felt him. Yeah. And I also want to make a note of it's okay if people don't. There was, right. there was a, the brother that I mentioned that really kind of took a hard road with his grief journey uh, was really upset when I would say things like that. Or when he'd hear people saying, you know, why do you get a feel him? Why do you get a feel him? And I don't. And there was anger and bitterness and understandably so. And it taught me also that, that that's also a blessing and a gift for me, that that might not be what everyone gets to experience, or it might take some time before they can feel that and connect with that. And that's okay too. Right. Yeah. We aren't in control of any of those things. We right. can, we can uh, work and we can be still and we can do those things which would allow us. So, you know, that kind of brings me to another thing when we talk about it might not be everyone's gift, but if we wanted to enhance or learn about these gifts, Mm -hmm. what would be the first step? I think I love how this is all working together. My one of the, the things I've been drawn to teach the most, especially right now with the uncertainty and the fear is how to feel your feelings to really feel into what your experience is. Because as you listen and get comfortable with that feeling, it will always pass. And when we try to push it back or we try to deny that feeling, it will always be building in the background, maybe as anxiety or maybe as this kind of underlying fear. But when you can be willing to just let that come up, and feel into that, just like with this grief journey that we've talked about, feeling into the grief, into the pain of losing someone, or feeling into the grief or the pain of what the world is going through, it will change who you are after you feel that. If you can sit with it long enough and feel into it, it does kind of this birthing experience. It gets really, really intense, and then it's and then you're through. And we've done some of that work and that, you know, all about that, (laughs) (laughs) but it's a beautiful practice. It's a difficult thing to be choosing to feel, but when you do, you find that you can hear differently and better without the intensity of the emotion on the other side. I do like to 
feel without the intensity. Yeah. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> We'd rather not go y'all, there. <laughs> y'all know that. That would be my preference, but it's not always, most often it's not the case for me and where I'm at. So I love, you know, so you bring this up. You were helping me. How do you help? Talk a little bit more about how you help others in that healing process, in that grieving process. Yeah, I think um, honoring wherever they are, honoring whatever that needs to look like for them, even if they feel like it's the wrong way to grieve, that there is no wrong way and it's going to be okay. It all works out. One of the best pieces of, of advice that I received was um, was that in a lot of other cultures, the people who have lost a family member will wear black or have some sort of symbol of having a loss, a major loss for up to a year after that person has passed. And someone was like, hey, you know what? This is a year to not have to do anything, to be okay with whatever comes up, to be crazy if you feel crazy, to really like let yourself process this. And that was so comforting to me because I had a lot of anxiety about, oh man, I need to still... Um, be moving my work forward. I need to still be doing all these things. And then I would remember that it's okay. My grief journey, that maybe for this year, maybe for this year, I can relax. I can not push myself. I can take it easy on um, doing things that I feel like I should do, or um, maybe I, you know, whatever, all these things that I kind of got in my head about. And I learned to listen and to slow down and to go with what was right and to feel into different things and to have this last year be an experience with me, with, with the divine, with my dad, with other people who have passed um, in working through those things for me personally. And then with my clients, having just the right clients that would come to me, people that knew my dad, people that um, were just like my dad, (laughs) these people that I felt very strongly that this person was being sent to me by my dad. And I get to connect with him in that. And maybe he is helping himself heal and me heal. All, you know, all of, we all are one, right? So that's been a beautiful part of it. Beautiful because, part. you know, you mentioned there that maybe this was helping him heal. Yes. Talking about your dad. So there is healing that still takes place. Just be, we still you know, we, we may pass, but we still need to heal, right? From certain wounds and losses. and Yes. And I would so love how does to. That work? Um, I feel like that's a whole nother, <laughs> okay. a whole nother podcast. <laughs> it will be. So you guys stay tuned. <laughs> Can you give a teaser? Um, <laughs> some things, I, I believe that some things need to be done in the body. And, and that's that, that we are guided and helped in doing that work as well. So maybe that's too vague, but. No, no, I understand that. I mean, there's so much I want to talk about, but we can't do it all in in one, one episode. And so that's, it's going to be fun because um, we're going to do this again. And, and there's some fun things that, that we have in the works here. Um, that I think you're all going to love and that will allow each of you to, to learn and to embrace some of these um, 
the things that, that Brandy has learned and that she teaches her clients that you can implement in your own lives that will help you through um, different stages of healing and, and grieving. And um, like we said, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not a one-step process right. and there's no time limit. You know, you, you're giving yourself this year and I'm sitting here thinking, it's nine years, you yeah. know, and I'm still not there. And, and people that have responded to some posts that I made, you know, on our, some of our social media, just the last few days about, you know, it's been 14 years for me since, you know, my, my spouse died or 17 since my child died. And they're telling me and teaching me different things. And, and they're responding with, don't forget the memories Wow. You know, don't forget these things and others that are fresh. You know, I was responding to a woman last night that commented about her, her daughter-in-law that passed away just four months ago. Wow. And she longs for peace, but doesn't think she'll ever get it. Wow. And I was just reassuring her that it'll come. Be yeah. patient. Yeah. But also allow those feelings that you're feeling. There's no shoulds in this. Yes, yes. It's just a matter of allowing ourselves and giving ourselves the time. There's often times that I don't even understand what am, what am I feeling? Why am I grieving? Why am I this and that? And it, I have to sit with it. And then when I sit with it for a little bit, it's like, oh, I'm grieving for this, you know, and, and it, this experience or you know, different things. And so it's, um, it's interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting process that um, is a gift. It really is. Mm -hmm. And I think people find that it can be uniquely tailored to them and whether that's to help them move through some of their, their own stuff of this kind of can break people down, just like our experience right now, it's breaking people down to have to do some of this inner work that really can't be done sometimes any other way. So you're saying it's a gift that we're finding ourselves in a position where we've had to slow down, <laughs> where we, um, you know, things are a little different where we're, we're from home. You know, this is the first podcast I've recorded where we're remote yeah. because you know we, we're not supposed to be, um, you know, together as we're self quarantining here and sheltering in place and social distancing, which honestly is like the hardest thing in the world for me because I love people and I'm so grateful for technology that I can see your face <laughs> and I can feel your love and, and that friendship. So thank you. Absolutely. So, you know, just kind of winding things up. Is there anything I haven't asked you about that you wanted to share? as you were thinking, you know, about this opportunity this morning? Um, the, I think the last thing that I would love to share on this is that I've, I, that the personalities of our people are still very much alive. Um, one of the experiences I had after was someone making that very comment of, we kind of consider these people as, you know, quote unquote dead. He said, they are very much alive. <laughs> and I loved that. I love that because it, it's, it's a truth. It's a truth. Our, our, our souls don't know death. That's why it feels so jarring to us when we go through it. 
because some part of us understands that that's not real, that that's not really a death. It's a transition. Um, and so for me, feeling my dad and feeling his personality, even having jokes with him, where I will feel a joke like coming through, if you will. And that has been so, such a blessing to me. I've been so, so grateful for that, to feel that that personality too, those quirkiness, that fun, you know, these different things that make them them, that is still there. That's still them. It is um, several times after, shortly after Reed's passing and things would happen and we knew it was Reed, you know, whether it was the Frisbee that all of a sudden dove and hit his <laughs> sister in the head or, you know, just some crazy things because he was the biggest tease. Mm-hmm. And he was just letting us know that he was, you know, still there and he is still here. And there are times that I have no doubt, you know, I hear him laughing or, you know, just different things or so yeah, they are still with us and they still have that personality and And they're filled with joy. They really are. They are. Yeah. They are. And I I love that thought. And I think as we can remember that they're filled with joy and remember that they're they're cheering us on. They're our biggest cheerleaders and and they I think they're aware of our grieving. Absolutely. And are missing them. I don't, um, but I think that they just wish we knew what they knew. Yeah. And that they still are a part of our lives and so grateful for that. So friends, Hey, thank you for joining us on our podcast today with Brandy Cash. I, I know that you've enjoyed things um, and have learned things and please, um, Follow us. Follow us uh, so you won't miss our upcoming episodes with her and with others. Join our communities on Facebook and Instagram and sign up for for our newsletter. So, again, thank you for turning, tuning in. Thanks so much for, um, for being with us. And please reach out. Um, let us know your thoughts and your feelings and some of the things that you would like us to focus on so that we can – can help you in your journeys um, and creating uh, these Karens in your life that will help you on your path, um, on your path and to know that you're on the right path. So take care of yourself, take care of your health, your finances, and most important, take care of each other.